Yesterday was our first live YouTube session. We had a we had a lot of a lot of nice people in the uh, in the viewers shouting out lots of questions that we were able to get to. So same thing goes for today. If you have any questions, just put them up in the chat and uh, we'll get to them. Yeah. Um, full disclosure: we we've got about a 10 second delay between our feed and the feed that's on YouTube. So if we uh, react to your comment later, that's that's the reason why. Um, before we get into anything else, I do want to shout out our Patreon page. So um, we've said this from the beginning, we're not trying to do this podcast to make money. Um, there are costs that are associated with putting out quality uh, content. So whether that's uh, a monthly subscription to a, a video recording site that we're using right now, or, you know, whatever it may be, we are just trying to recoup some of the costs that we've put into the stream so far. So if you feel obligated or you have an extra five or 10 or 20 bucks laying around each month that you wouldn't mind giving us, you can go to patreon.com slash from the balcony you can find all of our stuff on there. There's different tiers on the website. So uh, if you just want to be a supporter of ours and uh, not have any strings attached to us, you can just give us five bucks and we'll greatly appreciate the support. Um, but you also can give uh, a couple different tiers and there's different things associated with each tier. So if you're interested or you're just curious at all, go ahead and check it out. It is patreon.com slash from the balcony. Uh, it's P-A-T-R eon.com uh secondary high school spelling coming to fruition but anyways how'd you feel about the, the stream yesterday i thought it went well yeah it was actually really good we had like questions on questions man i really um adored the first one man it, it was um quite shocking to be honest and you know just kind of pushing it out onto social media and kind of reaching out and see like the feedback uh just the video and audio so hopefully uh, it all works out and hopefully we could kind of upgrade and you know just put out good quality stuff yeah for sure yeah we i definitely appreciate everybody who tuned in yesterday it was uh it's it's cool seeing people come in and just ask questions that you know produces content for us because you know mm -hmm. doing this on a you know three days per week it, it, we can get to a point where we're kind of stagnant with the content that we're putting yeah. out as far as what we're thinking about but um, I thought the conversations flow well yesterday. We were able to show a little bit of our personalities. So, yeah. We'll and just... I think that, um, I, I mean, everyone was asking, you know, when are we going to bring on another person? I, it's really just the 11th episode now. We really send the foundation. So if everyone's tuning in and kind of sticking with us, really appreciate it, bro. Yep. So, uh, next Wednesday will be our 10th episode. So, uh, hopefully by that time we'll be able to understand how this thing works as far as uh the quality is concerned and we can start getting rolling with some some guests but like i said i i, I want to focus for guests i want to be able to invite people on that we knew in the military but also want to be able to invite people on that we know in our personal lives that mm -hmm. you know are pursuing different things and need an outlet to uh to push their information out i mean we don't have a huge following by any means but we do have, I have people on, on Facebook that, uh, you know, could, 
could potentially uh, use the information that is being given out. And yeah. we have different outlets that we can push that stuff out. So we'll yeah, man. see. I know C's right. It's 10th episode is crazy already. It seems like uh, we've only been, we've doing been doing it for like two or three weeks now. So it's been, yeah. been pretty good. Yeah. yeah, man. I uh, I uh, actually wanted to just see on your end about um, the work industry over there, yeah, where you're at on uh, the other side of this, the nation. But uh, yeah, this morning I actually got asked to do a couple of gigs, and uh, you know I I feel like there's not a lot of things in place at the moment. I'm just trying to figure out how's how do you what's your ideas going on in the workforce? Are you ready to go back to work? Are you still sidestepping lots of stuff with the COVID situation or? Are you... I, I was fortunate enough to keep a job during like the height of the pandemic, of, mm -hmm. you know, in, in March and April, kind of when everybody was going on in quarantine. Um, so the, uh, the industry that I work in is uh, the automotive industry on the corporate side. So I go into dealerships and talk to different people. So when we were quarantined, uh i was just having to stay home and still be super visible on our end uh, but i was a bit eventually able to start going out and seeing different people and you know me i'm a i'm a people person so yeah definitely it i i can uh sometimes i i like to recharge around different people uh not necessarily all the time but um it was nice being able to get out of the house. And, mm. But at, at the same time, it was nice being home. And like, if my girls were doing anything crazy or silly, I'd be able to just pop my head out of the office and mm -hmm. see what was going on, uh, which I wouldn't have been able to do if I was on the road. But right. yeah. Yeah, I know today uh, I got asked to do a couple of gigs, some stuff in August and stuff this week. But, you know, with everything that's, we're doubling back down over here in California, I just feel like there's not any guidelines or rules in place to uh make me feel safe or make me feel you know being on set so i kind of have to take a step back i mean i definitely would love to work right now and i would love to apply the things i'm learning in school and you know kind of moving forward with my career but also i i can't justify i feel like if i were to get sick or if i were to come back in this household and get someone else sick i would just feel horrible and you know as selfish as that might be i i don't know i'm just back and forth with the whole idea at the moment yeah it's definitely not a uh it's not an easy decision you know at the end yeah. of the day you got to do what's right for you and your family and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's the nice thing about my company that i work for is from the beginning they've like maintained their stance of if you don't feel comfortable going out and talking to people you don't have to by no means are you required to uh, leave your home. So, yeah. and whether or not that that was just a standpoint because of PR or they were actually concerned about the well-being mm. of their employees, regardless, yeah. I'm still happy that that's the uh, the stance that they took. So, they just keep on trucking. But yeah, I I'm I'm in this mentality right now. It's like. If I don't use it, I'll kind of lose it. And I don't know if that's the case because, you know, I was talking to a couple of my buddies and they said, you know, they try to debunk that just basically saying that uh, it's like shooting a gun. You know what I mean? Like you kind of really never lose it, really. It just kind of it all comes back into muscle memory. I just, I hope that I don't lose the last four years trying to learn my career and all that stuff, man. 
Yeah. Very weird. Weird. Very weird situation. Because if we, if in California, if we were to proceed with phase four, and you know everything was the industry was moving, you know, opening up again, I, I definitely would have jumped on every everything. But since it's all different now, and I, it's probably my fault too, man. I'm just watching a lot of news and just kind of scaring myself. But also, I live. I try to live without fear and go back and forth. That's kind of weird. Yeah, I. Uh... I have to stay away from the news and stuff like that because it's, uh, I don't know, I feel like I've just been listening to a lot of different types of media, like podcasts and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's no it's no surprise, and I've said it before on the podcast, that my main podcast I listen to is Joe Rogan, just right. all, the, all the different types of guests that he has. Yeah. There was one guest that he had on, I can't remember who it was, but... Um, she was saying that at the end of the Cold War, news media went to talking about political affiliation to fill screen time. So yeah. during the 60s and 70s and 80s, it was about the Soviet Union and it was about Vietnam. Um, mm-hmm. And media had a common enemy, which was you know, communism and the Soviet mm-hmm. Union and stuff like that. But when the Soviet Union fell news outlets didn't really have a enemy so to speak that they could go to and pursue to get ratings so cnn went on the uh democrat route and fox Mm. news and stuff like that went the republican route so anything that you get from fox news is going to be very republican biased and a lot of things that they say are going to be swayed towards one opinion. And if you're wrong on their end, then they bash it. And the same thing on CNN, if it's, you know, the, on the democratic side, it's going to be very left biased. And mm-hmm. so I just, I, I tried to stay away from that because I've yeah. noticed over the past six to 12 months that I don't really fall into any political affiliation. I'm much more middle ground. Um, yeah. Like I- I'm, I'm a, I'm a Christian, so I believe in God. Jesus is my boy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, for the longest time I was always raised, and I'm not trying to get political or anything, but um, I've always, throughout the Bible, talked about homosexuality and stuff like that. But mm. at the end of the day, I don't care who you marry. And mm. I don't think the political uh, light should be saying who you should and should not marry, stuff like that. Right. So like there's things on the right that I don't agree with right? and there's things on the left that I don't agree with. So I just find myself in a situation where I'm having to do my own research and everything is so biased nowadays that depending on where you go, it's like, it's hard to get factual information from somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, I, I totally hear you, man. And it's uh, definitely poisoning and that's the, I mean, what else do I expect, you know, opening up the news and stuff like that but it's uh it's it's quite the the center of attention and i know that we we kind of dabble back and forth with covid and the military and all that stuff but how, how do you feel i mean i don't know if you've been keeping up with it but how do you feel about um you know the oxford research and then pushing out that uh that new i mean i know that we're not trying to get political but definitely that new uh that drug you know just or not the drug but the vaccine pushing out billion billion a year and this piece privatized um, companies trying to make vaccines in the race race towards that i don't know i 
everything is backed by money. That's a loaded question, dude. My fault, dude. I just want to know. Oh, you're good. Yeah. I think everything is backed by money. So if there's yeah. an area for somebody to make money, they're going to take every yeah. every op- opportunity to uh, to go forward with it. Yeah. Um, it's just I don't know. It's difficult to. Well, we had talked about it uh, like last week. I think um, you were wondering like if if a vaccine came out, would I be like first in line to get it mm-hmm. and i you know I, I would retract myself from any line to make sure that the people who actually needed it were the ones that got they it got first. it right mm-hmm. so i don't know it's difficult to say what i feel about it because there's so many things that are hidden from us that you know we can't really speak yeah. on because it's all behind closed doors and the only right. people who know about it are the high up elites and we're not right. there yet yeah, no, um, just like Austin said, you know, he said that, you know, we live in an informational apocalypse right now, and, you know, we overload with information, and it's so weird because, you know, social media and, you know, news outlets is the only way we can get our information, but also, you know, like you said, biased opinions, but, I mean, man, like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've honestly gone on a uh, social media, you know, um, purge where I just deleted all this stuff, and, you know, kind of went blacked out on myself just yeah. to, uh, you know, kind of cleanse the mind, you know, because you can feel it. I mean, I don't know if you've been on social media a couple hours, you could just feel it frying your brain, man. You, <laughs> it's, it's really bad, bro. Yeah. Not only that, but it's like we're getting into the political season with the re-election coming up in November. And it's just, yeah. it's a that's the, I hate, I hate this time period. It's like the worst. Yeah. Doesn't matter. The Olympics, bro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's just, I don't know. It's dumb. But yeah. I say all that to say vote gold. Yeah, Justin said, uh, I've been working the whole time during COVID. I give up on COVID. Yeah, man. I mean, if we could just. Do you think it's going to be one of those things? We, I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're living through history books right now, man. I mean, this is definitely something we're going to be looking back into, but. Uh, I really hope that the next generation doesn't just sweep this under the, the rug, man. I mean, this is, I mean, if, at least mentally wise, like, you know, opening back up as a country or closing, then opening back up and then closing again, that, that fucks up people's mental, man, for sure. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine people that are these restaurants and these people that are just like so ready and uh, doing what they can to keep their livelihood and then just having it to be taken away. Yeah. We, we kind of, lose the whole morality of things man i mean like you said about the, the privatized companies you should be doing it to save lives man but then again it's always about money yep money, everything's money. monetized so yeah money sucks is. but i was gonna ask you uh i mean we, we focused a lot about me yesterday what oh god oh god just to change it up a little <laughs> bit i mean yeah. I, we, we could stay on covid for two hours but i don't think that's what I don't want to talk about. <laughs> no, I think it's just a season of the like. I like like I said this morning. I I was uh, hit with some offers, and I uh, I would love to get people involved and try to see where they're coming from. But also, where you're, I mean, you're on the other side of the nation, man. So I'm just. I thought. To it, out I just think it's funny that it, I listen to a, t- a lot of podcasts, and it seems like every guest that people have on, they always start off with, "Man, COVID. What do you think?" It's like, well, what do you think, man? Everybody has the same opinion. Like this sucks. We're ready for it to be over. But yeah, sorry about that, everyone. That losing on on YouTube. Yeah, got you, man. So you're asking about what? I just tell me about uh, what makes Romel Romel. 
what, oh my goodness. what, what led you up to uh, joining the army? And... What led me up to this mustache is that this is the real question, bro. Um, what led me up to the military, man? I mean, I, I guess I can go down this rabbit hole. Uh, people that don't know me and my um, relationship with my family and uh, my old lifestyle back then. So, yeah, long story short, man, I just kind of came from a weird um, background, you know. Uh, I guess it's just a sob story that everyone's heard um, again and again and again, but basically joined the military when I was 19 was uh, riding the shit out of community college for the uh, financial aid. And then uh, high school was pretty, uh, pretty good to me. And um, I don't know, man, I really don't want to get all, all sad with this shit, man. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of people in my life that uh, helped me get to where I'm at right now. And I really appreciate that. Um, I don't know, man. It's to say, it's broad, man. I, I uh, went to high school. I did the stupid shit I did in high school, and I was in community college, and I lied a lot to get financially, just to get by, and joined the military because I was, in a sense, backed in the corner and yeah. in my life, and joined the military. You know, and for what it was, it, it molded me. I grew up, and then. I realized that, you know, that's not what I love to do. And I want to do something that I love to do. So mm-hmm. you know, I joined the, the film industry. So Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, you, when did you decide when you were going to go into the film industry as far as going to that type of college? Because I mean, from, from what I remember when we were in the military, mm-hmm. uh, you always had some type of camera, whether it was a GoPro or you're taking pictures on your phone or uh, anything like that. And you were doing a lot of editing for that type of stuff. So when did you make the decision that you were going to get into the film industry? Yeah. So it was a really funny story. I mean, I've, ever since I had the camera, I would just been recording my life and documenting and people who know me, I just take pictures all the time, stupid, you know, good or bad. I, I keep every photo. I think that it, you know, it has some, sentimental value to me so yeah um, people who know me in high school I always had a camera on me and you know I took pictures of everything that was going on in my life and you know video uh, I didn't really get really into it until I you know joined the military and yeah that first deployment was the first video I actually really put to, put put together and I put one together for my buddies and not saying you know it's anything crazy but yeah. I was filing all this, these these memories into one video and yeah, for deployment, I just had GoPros on me. I had my video camera. I had just like recorded the interactions and some some stuff. Obviously, we can't share. Um, but yeah, man. I, and then when we got back to the states and we were just partying hard and doing uncontrollable things, you know, I uh, I made a decision when I was getting out that I was like, hey, I, it's it was either gonna be, you know, I've always had this about culinary where i like the whole organization and the production side of things which not yeah. even like cooking but just like the logistics part of it yeah and then um yeah and then i just just found out about academy where i go to school right now and yeah i told them that i want to be a not a filmmaker but i want to be you know the cog in the wheel i definitely took that soldier standpoint i just wanted to make sure that um i did what i had to do to um make movies and I definitely 
found out that when I went to school, it was more of a brotherhood. Um, it was structured just like the military, which I really appreciated. And I love the whole aspect of uh, the community. That's really yeah. what it come down to. And that's what I lack. I mean, that's not what I lacked, but that's what I, you know, fiend for or what I, what I wanted ever since yeah. I was a child. So it, yeah. uh, what's up? Justin was wondering if you could have done photography stuff in the military. Did you, did you look into doing any other MLSs besides 11 Bravo or were you kind of pushed into that? I, man, I, so before the military, I was doing, I got my, um, cna license or cna certificate yeah so i was you know i had a lot of influence you know i didn't have a lot of direction or guidance so i went towards the medical field and joining military i really eased a lot of my family's worrisome if i was going to be a medic so cisgate whiskey uh in the military yeah so i i tried to do that and obviously that didn't work out <laughs> so um, and then the photography realm, I mean, what it really comes down to is when I was in a recruiting office and I was alone in a sense, you know, it was just me. I was 18, years, I was 18, 19 years old, you know, it was all me. So uh, <laughs> the recruiter basically showed me the 11 Bravo kicking in doors, what they, what they did in Fallujah and what they <laughs> did in Iraq, you know, during the surge. And that really just got me, man. And call that, you know, and I was naive and I was ignorant at the time. So you know, being an infantryman was all I wanted to do. I wanted to come out of Benning, be a Benning boy, and just <laughs> kind of just uh, do what an infantryman was supposed to do. And we've, we've talked about that. You know, I think that the idea of being an infantryman has definitely lost its way. Maybe I'm, you know, saturated, but we've talked about it. You know, I'd rather do four years in deployment than <laughs> four years stateside. So, yeah. Um, but to answer your question, I didn't know about military photographers or whatever, because every, every, our deployment, we had, you know, freelancers, we had a third party join yeah. us, mm -hmm. take photos of us and videos of us. So I didn't yeah, I was gonna know say, that. I never even, I never even yeah. saw a military photographer until I think the majority of the military photographers hung around like high ranking officials. So like they hung around battalion commanders and stuff like that. So like on their agenda also, right. like, and he, you know, he asked about journalism. I mean, look, if I didn't meet my wife, if I didn't meet my wife, I, I definitely, like I said, I would have been, for me, I would have said North Virginia. I definitely would have maybe, you know, I, my ideal was to work at Vice, to be a cameraman, to be out there dodging bullets <laughs> with a helmet on. And, you know, but, but that's in the shit, you know, and documenting that. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm in front of the camera and I'm telling my story, but I definitely would love to be a part of that realm. And, you know, if the, you know, opportunity still presents itself and they told me that I had to go to Syria and there's this gig that lands, I'm, I'm up for it, man, because everything that surrounds San Francisco and, you know, it, it took me a while to, in the, you know, the Bay Area, how I learned how Vice works. Yeah, man, I thought it was going to be something that I could lock in. But, yeah, it's just a lot of, a lot of competition out there, man. And, um, you know, if I ever got the, the chance to document some tigers in Africa, I'd still do it, bro. <laughs> what is the – I mean, so obviously you want to work in the, the film, in, film industry. Yeah. What, uh, like, what branches off of that that you could pursue? Like, 
would you do just film or would you do like freelance journalism like you're talking about with Vice or could you do mm-hmm. I mean nowadays everything is technology based and a lot of the stuff behind the scenes people don't even think about so where would you want to take it like if you had your choice where would you want to take it right now I mean being um you know I, I'm I'm I told myself that maybe I, I I lucked out. So when I when I joined the Academy of Art in San Francisco, I hope that answers uh, Madison's question. Where he goes, yeah, Academy of Art in San Francisco. Um, great great film school. Sorry, I had to sidestep. Great film school. Um, lot lot of hands on stuff. Can't can't knock it. Um, great photography sector too, and uh, I recommend. Obviously, with everything that's happening now, I can't really. <laughs> really seeing the, the the experience being the same but um to answer your question right now when i went to school i i definitely knew that i wanted to be a camera operator i definitely knew that uh, composition and you know just being behind the camera was really my forte but you know being with the guys and being with the people that i've met um i learned that there's so much to being a part of a camera team so i i I was working as myself as a second AC for a long time uh, in and out of gigs. Uh, there's a lot of political stuff that, um, that happens with that as a free, as a freelancer. And so I had to choose another route and I chose to go as a first AC, uh, which is a focus puller position in the camera team. And then I just started working the ins and outs of that. And like I said, man, 2019 is when I made the switch to being a first AC and then 2020 was supposed to be the year I really got my foot in the door and kind of applied myself, but and I take this time off as a blessing, I guess. Yeah. So, so uh, to, to answer your question, it's camera department. Yeah. So would you be like a, a contractor for companies or would you work under a stuff, stuff right now? I mean, since my, since my foot's not in the door and since I'm not, you know, I'm not a big name or what have you, I uh, just been working, PA gigs around around the stuff and if I if I can I, I'll do like a grip position or lighting position which is another um, department on set uh, for people who know what I'm talking about and uh, just kind of doing the odd jobs man just kind of figuring it all out and there's a lot of political stuff to being a freelancer in the Bay Area there's a lot of uh, rates and it's very cutthroat and you know I had to learn the hard way to that and I don't really want to get into that because um, I, I obviously need to formulate those ideas and kind of make sure that I say it correctly before I get political yeah <laughs> no, you're saying. for sure um, but yeah no uh, I just been networking in these li- and I'm still in school so right right on my first semester I put myself out there of course I was just you know taking the uh, initiative and you know I was just a freshman working with these seniors and just been working ever since so i've been in school for three years been working for three years and yeah so are you you're pretty you're getting pretty close to i appreciate it austin thanks for joining us but are you are you planning on uh graduating soon like when's the uh when's the degree up yeah i mean it's june but you know there's there's still some stuff that how how can you work on cameras how can you learn about lighting how can you you know work on camera menus or you know learn about film without being in a classroom without putting loading film how can you how can you have that experience without doing it you know 
And that's what I really like. And that's why I was in a funk this morning, man. I was like, damn, dude, what the hell? You know, like I, I was telling my buddies, I was like, if you would have told me there's a virus that would have stopped my industry four years ago, I would just laugh in your face. But yeah, here we are, you know. So it's really, it's really a shitty moment right now. Yeah. Well, hopefully we get through it pretty quickly, you know. Yeah, definitely. How, Jump, yeah. Jumping back a couple of questions. How did you meet your wife? Like when was, what's the story behind that? uh wow i can't i'm wondering if sierra is in here but um yeah basically i i remember it so vividly man i i really ah i can't believe we're gonna put this out there in the world but yeah i actually um knew a friend of a friend and then i saw my wife and then i basically hit her up and i remember what where i was i was hopping on a into a striker on a on a field problem and I had liked a shit ton of her photos, and then uh, the rest is history, man. But yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was. I mean, I was, you know, in Texas, and she was in California. But we were like, we had friends or mutual friends, so yeah, all worked out. And and you, you explained last yesterday how you met your wife. Yes, which, which is all blessing in itself. So, yeah, man. I think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, as much as we maybe. Sh- talk shit about the military man it was a definitely a blessing man, for all the shit that we went through at least yeah i mean wife, my wife and i didn't date in high school we just knew each other and i mean we were friends but we didn't i, I was yeah. friends with everybody that's the thing <laughs> like yeah. it didn't matter if it was like quiet kid that sits in the corner if it was the teacher yeah. <laughs> they were all my friends yeah definitely so, but definitely. i mean my wife and i didn't really start like talking like a couple until I bought my car, put it up on Facebook, and then uh, yeah. Wait, that's how you that's how you started talking to Anna or your wife? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I I bought the car and put it up on Facebook, and he said I need help naming it, and she helped me name it. <laughs> and the rest is history, man. Because I remember that story vividly. Oh man, there's this girl, man. <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? And we're just at the bees, man. And you're just like all strung up. I remember that shit so, so funny. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's been quite the journey, man. So, um, do you? I have a question. Would you ever, if Fox presented to yourself, would you go out and do a trail with him? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Really? I, I told I told him. Oh, I mean, I, I I told him all the time. Like, oh yeah, I would love to, but it's definitely a. Um, something you kind of work up to i don't think it's just walking up a trail man well <laughs> shit that he of, does is kind of extreme bro it's kind of funny you mentioned that we i have a a guy that i work with um at one of the accounts that i have under my under my territory and he he quit his job and went and did the appalachian trail down yeah. from georgia all the way up to maine mm-hmm. um he just he quit he sold everything that he was making payments on yeah and he, he left for six months did the trail came back uh and got the same position that he had when he left so kind of worked oh, out for sure. him but uh i was just talking to him about it i was like dude how did you like how did you drop everything to go on this he's like it's something that i've always wanted to do and i just i knew that now is the right time i don't have a wife i don't have any kids i didn't have really any any payments that were holding me down i just decided to to get into it and 
you said that he had a really good time with it, but yeah, no. Um, I remember when Fox was uh, about to make that move, and I, it was so funny because he had just bought a car, and he was, you know, doing this a lot of, um, I don't want to say financial stuff, but I remember that he was, you know, getting himself ready for it. And I remember, you know, we had talked about it, my God, during deployment, and we were just trying to figure out if that was the way to go. And he basically just kind of dropped everything and did all these trails and all that stuff. And I remember he was kind of asking, you know, people to do it with him and stuff. Cause I remember me and Sack and Fox would always talk about it all the time, but yeah, man, I, I think that, you know, giving up whatever this is, you know, um, that, that just takes so much and maybe, maybe some clarity that you kind of missed out in your life because he's a, he's a big hit, man. He's done. He, if anything, he's seen the world, man. And I, I don't know, man, I think that's, uh, well, he's done all, he's done all three it think or no he still i think he still has to do the rocky mountain one but he did he did the the appalachian one and then he went yeah. to cali and he did the cali one yeah um and i'm pretty sure there's like some hiking uh association or something like that that you have to be invited to because yeah. i remember him posting something about like society or something like that yeah. yeah doing all of these hikes and then him saying that he got uh approved to to join this it's all about community man it's all about community i mean i I, like i said for me for what i'm at right now i would definitely not be involved without a community or the group of people so um i think justin was referring to fox not having kids and doing all that or your buddy yeah 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 Yeah, that's pretty funny but i I was was asking him about it like if you go if you was he planning on going with anybody and doing the hike with people? And he's like, well, at every single checkpoint, mm-hmm. people camp out at these checkpoints and they'll either stay with the, the campsite and mm-hmm. like go with the people who are there or they'll yeah. just keep going by themselves. So he's like telling me about all these people that he had met and walked with for That's however so many cool, miles. Man. And yeah, yeah. it's just, it seems like it would be a, it, it seems like it would be a, a cool just time to to be doing that and not worried about anything that's going on outside because most of the time you're worried about making payments on something or how are you gonna mm-hmm. make a paycheck to support whatever it is and mm-hmm. just to not have any of those worries and just you know walk <laughs> it's probably yeah. gonna be pretty fulfilling you know yeah that's probably gonna be the best content i've ever shot bro yeah i can't <sighs> i can't imagine going and dropping all this it's just like one day you just kind of like snap. You're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking dipping, bro. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, yeah. we hiked in Afghanistan and that wasn't very fun. Different, different concepts, dude. Different, concepts. <laughs> different ideas. Yeah. No. <laughs> Same idea, I guess, if anything. It doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, I guess. <laughs> but well, that's cool. What about, uh, what about Cali? I mean, what's keeping you in Cali? Do you just, you love the state, you love the people? Yeah, man. I mean, like I said, if I didn't, uh, if I didn't meet my wife, I definitely would be a lover. And I, if I didn't meet my wife, I would love her. No, if I didn't meet my wife, I don't know where the hell I would be at. I know that I wouldn't be opposed to overseas work. I wouldn't be opposed to any, like, my wife's not holding me back. It's no, no, no. my my, yeah, my whole my whole thing is that um, if my wife didn't come into my life and hold me down, 
and in, in a good positive way um, right. to see where what's you know focused and driving me um yeah man I, I don't know where i would be at man maybe just lost the reality if anything i mean i what's keeping me in cali uh, obviously the film industry um, you know, I sidestep the question, why don't you move to LA all the time? Uh, I am not opposed to it. Um, I'm not opposed to, you know, if there's a gig out there, if, you know, the opportunity presents itself to move, you know, go there for a show and then come back out. But I definitely know where I lie is with my wife. And uh, I know that my wife's dream is to work in a, a specific hospital here and you know what I mean? There's, and we've talked about it, you know, we, we would never compromise ourselves, you know, compromise our dreams. So, you know, if, and we've, we've been together during deployments. So it's not yeah. like you know, we've gone through hell and back. So it's not going to be an issue <laughs> So right. um, with the long distance stuff. So yeah, it, it's not, we're, I'm never stopping myself from, you know, getting a gig from New York and being away from her. Are both know. of your parents, are both of your families in uh, the Bay area? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously raising our kids over here would be ideal. Um, her job, and since she's so um, connected with the people out here, you know, she would land a job after her, her school. And um, yeah, I, I'm just not opposed to it. I know that eventually I will have to make the decision to take my career to the next step. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Well, I think that's the cool thing about Cali is like there's different big hubs like you got san diego san francisco bay area then you got la uh sacramento up in the northern part i think each each area has its own kind of technology-based thing but um i think any opportunity you're gonna get in california that's a crazy thing too is california is gigantic like i always it takes takes so long to get from the northern part to the southern part so yeah six six hours if you're not gassing it like you would but uh, uh if anything less um just yeah justin asked how did it feel to be on deployment and not talk to your lady and i think the question because you were not with your wife at the moment right no. so um we'll answer the the first part to second part when i was on deployment um i'll, I'll tell you a, a a quick a quick story before we get into that but long story short my first couple of months i think we did a patrol a simple patrol you know but it was the first going out the wire and i remember um our staff sergeant basically told us in you know in confidence if you have loved ones back home you know contact them and i remember him saying that vividly to my my squad you know contact them tell them you know just because just because you just don't know you yeah, know we you have no idea so yeah you have no idea so I kind of took that and I had to distance myself mentally because I didn't want to put that, uh, the hurt or the burden on anybody. So to answer your question, there was a lot of times where it was through email. It wasn't every day talking to your, talking to your wife or I mean, you know, my girlfriend at the time. And, uh, yeah, it just, you kind of emails running emails. And, uh, I don't know if you, you went to the places where you FaceTime family. I never done that. Like, the whole time I was there, but uh, at the USO and all that stuff. But yeah, uh, uh, there was, there was a, I never did it at Bob Lightning, but there was a, like a, at the USO, there was a spot where they had cell phone or not cell phones, but phones that you could call back on. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, you know, she was my girlfriend. Sierra was my girlfriend at the time. So I, uh, I definitely, if, if something were to happen, I, I definitely wanted to distance myself for the hurt or whatever. Does that make sense? But yeah, yeah. no, um, uh, uh, going back to the question, how did it feel to be on deployment? Um, I think both of us loved it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Um, yeah. again, referring back to the statement, uh, if I could do four years of deployment, <laughs> I, I definitely would. Man. Maybe yeah. That's yeah, just, it's just a different, it's a different mindset when you're deployed versus being back in the garrison as far I say garrison being back in the States at your original post, because when you're in your original post, there's just a lot of bureaucracy with higher leadership and them doing things that are going to advance their career. Um, but not only that, you have uh, lots of times in the, uh, you have lots of times in the field where you're training. Um, sometimes we were training for the sake of just training. We weren't even training for anything in particular. So those times are kind of tough. But when we were deployed, there's a whole lot less stress on individuals because, you know, we just, it has to be that way, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, like I said, uh, uh, being an infantryman, um, it, it definitely made sense to go through that type of bullshit. Um, I think that uh, stateside bullshit is a different breed in its own. Um, I, uh, you know, I, even if we were, I was on the state side, I did enjoy field problems as much as the, the other guy. I know there was a lot of, uh, embrace the suck, but I, I definitely enjoyed being in the field and, um, you did enjoy being in the field. I loved it. I mean, you know, it's, it's grown men camping. I don't, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, man. There's, there's bullshit in every corner of the military. I, don't get me wrong, but at least being with those buddies and having an objective and, you know, being an infantryman and training and all that stuff made sense to me in some way. But, um, yeah, I can't, I don't know, man. The, maybe, maybe I, I just hated PT. <laughs> maybe I just hated the five o'clock calls, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we still did. Uh, I think if anything, we were mo more motivated to be working out and stuff while we were deployed than we were back in the States just because, yeah. I mean, back in the States, you'd wake up at five o'clock in the morning, you go to PT at 630, and then you just have a set number of things that you have to do during the day. And even if you, uh, even if you get all those things done, that doesn't mean that you can be done for the day. So you could get done at two o'clock in the afternoon, but you stay there until seven o'clock at night. And it's just a whole bunch of a culmination of just stupid things that add up to each other. But while you're deployed, Mm -hmm. the stress is taken off of you because they don't want any stress on, on an individual. There's enough yeah. stress during deployment. So if you have, for instance, we were on QRF for the majority of the time that we were out there. So we didn't do anything except QRF. We just waited yeah, we, for something to pop off and then we would yeah. go do it. But um, if that meant going to the gym and working out, if that meant sitting in your room, watching a movie, if that meant going to the defect and getting you know, a sandwich or something, mm -hmm. it was, it was yeah. uh, it was free flowing. So the motivation level for staying in the gym was a lot higher. I think. Yeah. For yeah, whatever I, reason, I don't know. Yeah, I remember. You know, when we were on like tire guard or something like that, we would like spend like six to eight hours just like I mean, obviously not the 
best way to get bigger, do it. But six to eight hours on your free time, get some, catch them some sleep and then head up to a tower. Like really the gym is really what all, all you could do, man. Yeah. Um, Justin asks, did you consider moving to the reserves instead of getting out completely? So clearly Justin has not watched our other episodes. Clearly. God, um, Justin. Geez, geez, Justin. No. Um, uh, for me, because I know that you've already explained that you went to the, um, what is that called again? International Guard. International Guard. Okay. So, um, did I consider going to the reserves? No. Did I just want to go out completely? Yes. I was definitely numb to the whole thing, uh, A-capping. I was basically droning out, and I had no idea at times where the fuck I was at. So, I just kind of, when I got out, I got out. I remember... It's quite the sad story, man. When I was getting out, I remember that you were the last person I saw before leaving Texas, bro. That was pretty. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty yeah. sad. Um. Yeah, I. I mean, at the time, was the the bonus fucking huge? Yes. The bonus was like twenty k, right? Wasn't it like something like National Guard reserves or some shit like that? Just signing up. You're I didn't. Bonus. I didn't even. I went to the yeah. National Guard briefing and I said, "I'm not reenlisting," and they said, "Okay." I'll sign it. So I don't, I didn't even hear like what they had to yeah, offer. But you know, when we got, I mean, when I got out, at least I heard that the uh, reenlistment was fucking huge, man. Here's the thing about <laughs> going into the reserves. Like when you're in active duty and you've been doing it for three or four years, depending on how long you signed up for your initial tour for. Take, take notes, Justin, whoever, you know, you are. Yeah. At, the, at the end of your term, you're so just motivated to get out that the last thing you want to do is get back in for another contract. Um, Now there are some individuals who they get to the end of their enlistment and they re-enlist for more active duty. And is super strong. Yeah. (laughs) Or they're just, you know, like iron lungs had an opportunity to go to selection. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Benefits. Yes. 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 Yeah. Become a green beret and stuff like that. But I mean, for me, I had lost all my motivation that I had once had in the military uh, when we got back to the States. So when we got back to the States, I still had another year uh, left on my contract and I was just, I was just ready to get out. I mean, I had, I had an opportunity to, I was actually going to get out early because I had a job offer in Colleen to be a police officer. Um, But like everything in the army, they never do anything the way that you need them to do it. So I was supposed to get out on a specific day and they delayed my DD-214 brief until the following week. So I missed my academy by a day. And uh, so, I mean, all of that led up to me just losing all my motivation to get back into the military. Yeah, and you develop some some hate, some anger, some, uh, it it all builds up, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's just, um, you build up a callus to, it's hard for us to describe the dumb things that go on in the military, just because it, it wouldn't, we, we wouldn't do a good enough job articulating the (laughs) dumb things that go on because it's just the, I don't know. They don't sound like they would be that big of an issue, but when you have, I guess the best way to describe it is you have a, an objective for the day. You need to take 
mail to the post office, but you have five different people telling you five different directions on where to go to the post office. Mm-hmm. And then you have, have to go to the post office. Yeah. yeah. And then all five of those people decide to meet together to decide how this one person will go to the mailbox. And then out of those meetings, you get direction on how to get to the mailbox, but then it gets passed down to you from other people who decide to tell you on your way to the mailbox, I want you to stop at target and I want you to pick up five different things. And then once you pick up those five things, I want you to go to five different mailboxes and okay. mail which one of those off. <laughs> yeah. So you can see the convoluted, it just becomes to, it gets to a point where there are, there's one solution, but there's a hundred different people telling you how to get to that one solution. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's not that simple. <laughs> I mean, it, it's much more complicated when you're actually yeah. in the military. Uh, yeah. But I mean, that's the best way that I can think to actually put it into into perspective. Justin also asked, do you think the military experience helped you get the police officer job? Uh, yes, I think that was uh, the city of Colleen shares, I should say Fort Hood is located in Colleen, Texas. And uh, the police department there recruits straight out of the military. So anybody who is in a combat arms role uh, that had deployed can just get straight into the, the police department without any uh, any prior experience. So, um, so the key thing you said is deployment combat experience, right? Like yeah, doing your job. So as a National Guardsman or as a reservist, you do not see that all the time. There is people, there's National Guardsmen and reserves that do deploy, but it is one out of 10. So take that with a grain of salt then continue. Yeah. But I mean, the, the military experience helped me get the job that I have right now and it has nothing to do with combat arms or military strategy or being buffed up and, and ready to go out of the wire. I mean, I work in the automotive industry, but um, that in addition to my experience that I had gotten on the retail side of the automotive industry allowed me to get a position that, so For example, I was in a class of six people for my training that I currently have. And I was the only person that didn't have his college degree. And I say that not to brag on myself. I just say that to say the experience speaks for itself in the military. So um, it's good for for employers to hire veterans too. I mean, it looks good on their, uh, their hearts, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that, um, uh, and but also, you know, I, I was I was speaking to my buddy about this. I mean, you know, the benefits going to national and reservist, you really don't see a lot of that. You have to accumulate so much time. I remember, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember, you know, a certain NCO that did um, reservist and, you know, put up maybe even 15 plus years, but then it didn't really accumulate to the active duty status where you can retire. So, I I don't know if you are if it is sorely beneficial I mean benefits wise that you're going into military then my opinion you would have to bite that bullet and take the four years take it for what it is do what you need to do for your family and you know um, and things will follow suit I think that um, being an infantryman at this moment in time is definitely confusing mm-hmm. um, but that active duty 
mark on your military career is definitely more, you know, it weighs, than, it weighs higher. Yeah, it weighs, yeah, that being on active duty versus reserves and National Guard does weigh higher. And, well, um, yeah, as you can say, you have to look at it from the point of view National Guardsmen meet one weekend per month and then they'll meet for two weeks every year. So, yeah. the active duty gets credit for their time every single day because it's technically a 24 seven job. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, we have three years of, of federal time, whereas somebody who's been in the national guard for nine years may only have mm -hmm. the same amount of time that we had for active duty. So, yeah, it, I mean, it just looks different simply on a, on a time basis. Yeah. But. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, uh, uh, recruiter will, I mean, goddamn, we know recruiters, so I guess that they'll say anything to, to get you back and sign that dotted line, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, I originally went into talk about Air Force. I, my dad was in the Air Force for quite a while, and he was like, hey, if you're going to look at joining the military, I want you to talk to the Air Force first. So mm -hmm. I went into the Air Force recruiters, and uh, I had a meeting set up with them and everything, and nobody was mm -hmm. at the recruiter's office. And at the time, I didn't know that the different branches were different. Mm -hmm. Like, like I just thought you went to the recruiting station and they helped you get into every branch. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> like yeah. I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't know that it was different, um, different branches in different rooms. So I popped my right. head into the to the army people, and I was like, "Hey, uh, do you guys know where the Air Force people are at?" And they're <laughs> like, "No, come on in. We'll 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 call them for you." <laughs> and then. Yeah. Uh, a year later, I was in Fort Benning getting yelled at. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, that's that's kind of the uh, the same story that I had. I, I basically I had a buddy that, um, you know, during the surge, you know, he had um, went into the Marines, and I thought that that was probably yeah. I thought that was the, <laughs> I thought that was probably the coolest thing ever. And I remember, you know, not same background, but definitely the same um, group of people. I would say that I like I knew his name, I knew who he was, and I knew who he ran with, and I, I definitely wanted to be a Marine. So me and my buddy, we uh, we said, "Fuck it, let's go to the you know the Marines." But also, you know, I was into some weird stuff—not weird, but you know, stuff that was not good for the Marines. So I was you know smoking weed huffing at the time, paint. and I had my first what's up huffing paint. Yeah, huffing. Yeah, there you go. And I you know, and then I was uh, had tattoos, and you know, obviously being in the Marine. You cannot have those initially going in. So, yeah, man. I uh, my first my first uh, thing was being a, a marine, and then when they said that they couldn't even um, give me some waivers, they uh, basically said, "Well, we can point you into like two other directions." When one of them was the army down the hall, and the army was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'll take you, man." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they they waived all that stuff. I stopped smoking. Um, yeah, I went in as a fuzzy, but. Yeah, it was one of those things where I definitely wonder how my life would have been if I was a Marine and um, kind of holding that uh, that standard. Cause I talked, I, I talked to a Marine recruiter, but the recruiter I was talking to, like two weeks into us having conversations, got arrested for sexual assault. So mm, 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 that mm, 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 that stopped all of my conversations with yeah. Marines. So yeah, and also, I mean, just eating crayons all day, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I like crayons though. <laughs> yeah.
I like the yellow flavors. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, no, man. There was a lot of motivation going into Marines. I mean, Marines was my first choice, but uh, you know, just just how uh, I was, yeah, it didn't fit the requirements. But happy that I went to the army. But also, you know, life could have been totally different. Life could have been totally different. Justin, if you decide to go into the National Guard, have fun. Can you can you, can you say it out loud, or I'll say it out loud, and you can answer. I. Justin asked, I tried to go to the Marines, but they told me I couldn't have it with, with my tattoo on the elbow, which I do. They went to the Army, and they, they didn't have 11 Bravo in the reserves. Then after the research, I found the National Guard. So with that. Um, yeah, there is, and there is a difference between the reserves and National Guard. National Guard is yeah. on a state level. Yeah. Reserves is on a federal level. So yeah. they, uh, that wasn't clear to anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the funding is different, so each state will have its own funding for each uh, MOS. So if mm-hmm. they're, and it all runs off of enlistments too. So three years ago, there was a an influx of eleven Bravos that joined the reserves. Then, you know, two years from that point, they're not going to have a big need for uh, reserve eleven Bravos because they just had a lot join. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it all depends off of enlistments. I do. I was pissed because. When we joined, I didn't get a bonus. Did you get a bonus? No, fuck what? No, I mean, no. So, you know, obviously, yeah. Uh-huh. So I didn't get a bonus. You didn't get a bonus. McBride didn't get a bonus. A month after we had gotten there, we got, like, new privates, like Puff and people like I that. I remember. And they all I, got, like, $20,000 bonuses. Yeah, and I remember people that re-enlisted and got bonuses. And I don't know what time frame that we were at where we just missed all that shit. But I know Little got... A huge bonus but that's because he signed a six-year yeah active duty yeah. contract there was definitely um some loopholes and i think that that was his benefit on his end which uh allowed him to live the lifestyle that he had but yeah um but no yeah no i definitely um i don't know where we we, we lucked out man. i don't know i just joined for free like a jabroni but whatever i mean you you i mean i don't know like can we can we talk about the motivations going into it i mean were you Going into the military? Yeah, were you in a tough spot or was it just one of the things that, I mean, obviously being the Navy or the Air Force firsthand, but it's. So I, uh, I was in a position where I did not do well in school. My cumulative GPA was super low. Uh, Mm. So I would have had to gone to community college for a while. And then if I wanted to go to a university, I'd have to do it after that. And I don't really remember it, the motivation level behind looking in the military. Like I wasn't pushed by anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, nobody really recommended it to me. Um, I, I think I kind of just did it on my own accord. Um, mm. But yeah, I don't know. But I mean, I, I was kind of upset with my recruiter. Oh, second, lost my mic. I was upset with my recruiter because uh, at the time of taking my ASVAB, all he told me was, hey, you just need to get a 32 on the ASVAB and then you can get a lot of different jobs. Like he didn't tell me about GT score. He didn't tell me about any of the other scores that go on top of just the cumulative ASVAB. So when I took my ASVAB, I think I scored like a 49 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I think I, I scored like a 107 on my GT score. Yeah. And for pretty much all of the classes that you'd want to go to in the military mm-hmm. for selection, for uh, Ranger Bat, for anything like that, you have to have a GT score above 110. Yeah. So 
I didn't know that until after I had gone into the military and wanted to pursue these different types of things. So, Mm -hmm. and once you get into the military, it's up to the unit that you're in, whether Mm -hmm. or not they allow you to go to GT school and and try to get your, your GT score up. So is it an actual GT school or is it just like a, something that you on the side? That, I think that's what they called it at Hood. Right. Um, okay, okay. Because you would take, you would take like a placement test, and depending on how you did in that placement test, they would yeah. either allow you to take the ASVAB straight off, or you'd my, have to. No, my question know. was like, is it actually a school? Like, yeah, like it's then like. With, well, was that like it was at the, uh, the college? No, I know, but I'm wondering like if you know command would be like, hey, yeah, this guy has to go to school. <laughs> As I think they did allow it. I mean, if it depends on what you were doing, like if you're in a training cycle and you're. Or going to the the field every two weeks, they wouldn't let you. But yeah, I mean, we were for the first like five months when we got back, we weren't doing anything. Like the first month that we were back, we were and yeah, you know, getting checked out and stuff. Yeah, I remember a lot of people were getting ready for the board when we got back. So I mean, there was we had boards on Afghanistan, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, that that puts in perspective. I think that that was a. Uh, Justin says, if you score 50 on the ASVAB, you can get 20K. Yeah, see, that's, I mean, if that's the case, right? I mean, obviously, we're talking on 11 Bravo standpoint where, where um, me, Josiah, and a couple other guys, when we went in, we didn't have the opportunity. But right now, and the people that was before or after Josiah and the people that when we got out, they got that bonus where we never got a, our hand hands on. Yeah. Did you ever, have you gotten the itch since you've been out to like? Do you miss it at all? Do I miss the military? Do I miss the structure? Have I been told just to be a police officer at times? Like, <laughs> no. Um. Do I miss it? I think there was parts where, you know, internally when things were going south in this country, I, I definitely knew that if I, you know, had the option to I definitely would rise to the occasion and um I told myself you know um that if it ever did and you know I and if I got another shot at being back in the military I would definitely take the steps to lose the weight for one um just take the you know correct uh, approaches and uh be be that soldier that you know that the army needs yeah. You know? How about you? Have you uh, felt the itch to go back into the infantry and kind of figure it all out again? Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a struggle getting out because I didn't really have anything waiting for me as far mm-hmm. as the job was concerned. So I struggled for quite a while trying to figure out what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be. And the only mm-hmm. thing that I really would go back to is just how much I wanted to be in a certain field in the military. So I mean, I started looking into to different different areas that were on the Air Force side or on the Army side and thinking about what it would look like to re-enlist on the active duty. But at the end of the day, it, was, uh, it didn't really make sense for our family to, right. to re-enlist. Right, especially with the uh, you and uh, your wife starting off and then you're kind of not turmoil is kind of thing, but, you know, I how would you going through deployment with a significant other is one thing right i mean i, I don't know the hardships I, 
Yeah. No, I don't, I've yeah. never, I've never been through deployment with, and the people that, you know, there uh, were some couples that did really well during deployments mm-hmm. and then there were others that yeah. didn't. So that's, that's just another stress. And uh, yeah, the sidestepping that. Yeah, definitely. I, um, yeah. So, I mean, if the opportunity came down to it, I mean, would you rise, rise to the occasion or would you um, kind of put, put down the, uh, I don't really know how to say it, but I, no, I, I, know what, if, I know what you're talking about. I think it, it, it it's not my decision solely anymore. You know, mm. I'd, I'd have to mm. talk it over with my wife and see how she felt about it. But um, I think I'd be more inclined to help out from the federal side. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's, you know, FBI, U.S. Department of State, yeah. um, something mm-hmm. like that. I think I'd be more inclined to do that than I would to go back active duty. But yeah, no, I feel it. I, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've honestly thought about that approach. I mean, going back to, you know, making a career of what I, what I do, I, I definitely thought about, um, uh, some, it's not you, I, I don't know what, the, what it's called, but just going overseas and kind of helping other countries or, um, you know, just kind of doing my part, like the UN standpoint and kind of, um, you know, like, it's like you said, not, not active duty military, but definitely, definitely if it was anything, um, that, that, you know, tried to, uh, question our livelihood and stuff, I definitely would hopefully if I got a shot, go back into it. So, um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah. Like drafts and all this. I don't know. I mean, we're not in that position right now, but it's definitely Mm -hmm. one of those things. uh, yeah. Um, Justin asked if we have seen each other in person or only over phone calls. So since getting out in 2016, Romel and I have seen each other once. Yeah. Um, we were able to go back to Texas for a wedding that mm-hmm. uh, one of the guys that we were in the military with yeah. had. So his name is uh, Lammy Lamarche. And uh, we went back to Texas, flew into Dallas. I think uh, I got into Dallas like eight hours before you, so I waited in the USO and yeah, it's just yeah. chilling. And then we drove wherever we were at. I don't even know where we were going, but we we were planning to see Doc, and then we were going to see Doc and then head back up to be closer to the wedding. But then we ended up sidestepping that plan, and we skipped the first night, and then we went to Doc's and stayed there and had a great time catching up. I remember that moment. Um, Texas hot as shit, bro. Don't miss that place. But I, uh, I remember uh, just, I mean, nothing's changed except time, bro. I mean, I, I remember just being in the car and talking all that shit. And then um, being with Doc and the kids. And uh, I always forget about us going to see Doc for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, Initially, we were supposed to see Doc and McBride, but McBride was in the field. Yeah, and Cortez. And, for NTC, and Cortez. And we were supposed to make a whole day of it. And that's why we canceled our uh, our hotel going back up to Dallas. Next day, we will get breakfast at that <laughs> at that uh, restaurant or that breakfast spot where you could smoke cigarettes. That was a real, yeah. real fucking Texan shit, yeah. dude, or whatever. And uh, then we went back up to Dallas. And I remember you and I did not change for some reason. We thought, yeah, we could just change when we get to the spot. And then we ended up pulling over. 
we ended up pulling over to like like a, the highway or some shit and started changing or not the highway but some some road yeah. and we got out of the car and started changing you know and we're just like waiting for you know cars to pass by i remember that shit that oh, was why, why did we think that we could do that was it me who thought that we could just well i think i think at one point we we didn't want to wear the stuff have sweaty balls and then drive to the wedding or go to the wedding because it was a long drive dude, like three or four hours at least maybe even two yeah i don't maybe. remember but i remember our whole idea was that it was hot um and we didn't want to accumulate sweat and uh yeah we we got there and let me tell you man i've uh and if we're being honest because we never talked about it i that was the first time i knew things changed bro that's honestly the first time i knew that uh maybe i lost a brother you know i it was never gonna be the same again if i yeah. can say that i don't know how you, you're feelings towards Lammy or you know feelings towards the guys that got out and we never really contact with but yeah, man, I, I, that's when I knew things changed, bro, for sure. Yeah, because I think a lot of the reason why we decided to go to the wedding is because it was supposed to be not only us two, but everybody yeah. that we were in the military with. Like, I won't name any names, but I mean, the majority of the people who were supposed to be there were in the field. So, yeah, it couldn't yeah. work out for them because they were doing things. But, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah I, it was definitely different. You know, I didn't, uh, nobody really had the, the commitment that we did uh, to go there. So it was difficult, you know, because we, is we, both of us were excited not only to see each other, but just to see everybody else as well. Yeah. Um, so it, stuff like that is kind of hard to, to grasp. Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, and I, I came back home and I remember, um, I remember what we did. I, believe we were there xyz hours i know that we stayed for the um the whole ceremony and then the reception and all that stuff and uh yeah it was uh hard to get back to a place with lammy that i remember when we first got to the unit um i was his guy and he was my guy and um yeah man if you know if if he ever is you know, he's out there or whatever, just kind of, but yeah, like I said, man, I, he was my guy. I was his guy and uh, man, it just, it sucks that we didn't really take the time to you know, get back to that point. But uh, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. once you're, when you're in the military, you have people that are in your unit that you're really close with. Uh, but if it wasn't for the military, you probably wouldn't be close, you know? Yeah. Uh, but there are also other people in the military who, like, everybody who lives in the barracks are, are typically pretty close. Uh, I mean, there's a few people who kind of keep to themselves um, and don't really uh, put themselves out there to have any type of relationships. But, you know, all of our team leaders and things like that who lived off post with their spouses or, you know, NCOs that paired up together and, and bunked, you know, we didn't really have those relationships either. So, yeah. And that, different. Yeah, and then I remember uh, we got our, I don't know, if we hotel, and then, yeah, that, that night kind of just settled in, because I remember telling Sierra that, you know, this might be the last, or maybe one of the last times, and that was very, like, naive of me, obviously, we're doing stuff now, but, I mean, yeah, I was in a funk after that whole trip, man, just because I didn't know if we could ever get back to that point where we... Yeah. 
what we spend in the barracks and where we spent, you know, on deployment. So that really fucked me up mentally. Um, but yeah, man, it was a, it was was a good trip though. I mean, overall it's fun seeing, seeing you, seeing Doc and yeah. 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 For what it was. I mean, yeah, I never got to see those photos though, but whatever. <laughs> Cause you know, after that uh, whole wedding radio silence, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it is what it is, man. Yeah. But what else you got? Uh, you got anything else planned for today? Do I got anything planned? I have to, you know, I, I manage um, some stuff and uh, I'm trying to get back on some gaming schedule. I think that for me kind of just blocks out. Um, my idea of working and I know that's a shitty cop out but I mean I really honestly man I really I can't put it to myself if I got someone else sick dude like I know if I like we talked about this before if you got sick you can handle it but my god that would fuck me immensely if I got someone else sick bro that yeah. I don't know how to how I'll deal with that uh Justin Justin <laughs> asked how the Texas bar is Texas bar scene is you tell him I have no idea um, for half of it, I don't remember, and the other half, um, dragging Crump across Sixth Street. Uh, I don't know what it's called, but like this thirteenth bar challenge thing. Uh, not my proudest moments in Texas in bars, and obviously from our our videos, not the proudest for McBride, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, man, I, I, I really I wouldn't want to delete those memories, man. And yeah, so, but uh, the best bar was at the barracks, though. Well, you always ended up at the barracks. Do you remember? I, I was telling Sierra, she, she was like watching the, the, the podcast, and I was telling her that at one point, for some reason, it was I won't name his name because I know that he's in a uh, NCO position now, but there was this one private that worked his way all the way up and proven himself. But still, we still shitted on him because he was new to, I mean, new to the unit, whatever. Uh, yeah. and, and, and we would be drunk and he would come back to the bar and we'd just start throwing fucking beer cans at his car <laughs> and him when he got out of the car. And that shit was so... And that, that's engraved in me because I remember just the brotherhood or the unity that we had and then just having this one private, you know, try to... Um, Try to rise get above. our respect. Yeah, rise above <laughs> in our respect. And we're just like, fuck you, man. We're just like throwing shit at his car. And, you know, man, that's the stuff that you just can't. Um, it's can't all in good fun. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, I was telling that to Sierra. And she's like, you guys are crazy. And I'm like, I don't that know. That wasn't even you, bad. Yeah, you put some 21-year-olds together in a barracks. And, um, oh, remember, remember all the t- – I don't know. This is story time. But say it. Say it. Oh, just all the times that we would uh, try to get in some some fights with the yeah. other um, with the other squadrons across the yeah. across the shit, man, dude. I good. I can't I can't I don't. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, just get yelling across the fucking field. You're like, fuck you, man. It's like <laughs> I digress, though, man. Let's meet in the middle. Those... Meet in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my best moments, dude. And you have like MPs going up and down the fucking no. Yeah. Yeah, they knocked on my door. Like, hey, were you y'all? I was like, no, I've been in my room the whole time. What are you talking about, dude? It's probably the guy on the other side. Yeah. uh, Dude, I remember I would always lock myself out of my room. So I would never keep my uh, screen on my window, but I'd always leave it unlocked. So I would just pull it back and unlock it from the inside. 
Oh my god, man. If yeah, that those yeah. I wonder how much money the military spends on AC because I oh, would yeah. leave my room at fifty nine every single day. Dude, remember that whole debacle when we were leaving and then fucking third CR was just getting roasted for the mold? Yeah. You remember that? Oh my god. So the oh, first yeah, well I guess we'll explain it for everybody listening, but the first barracks that we lived in were standing since uh Vietnam. And uh, they had just like kind of, they kind of just <laughs> resurfaced everything instead of just building a new barracks. Because I remember my buddy I went to basic with, he was stationed in 3CR, but he was in a different squadron. And yeah. at the very end of our running trail, like next to the parade field, those brand mm-hmm. new barracks that were built, that was mm-hmm. the that was the building that he lived in. Mm-hmm. So you accessed your room by key card mm-hmm. you uh i mean it was all like just this whole thing yeah he yeah. had like a hot plate that he could cook stuff on uh and then we were in rooms where like it was kind of nice just because we we didn't share a room we had our own like little what are you talking about oh oh i mean i was talking about the first barracks i thought the same i know one. i know but i was just saying even like our second barracks that we stayed in oh, weren't yeah. that nice mm-hmm. so this first set of barracks were built in uh vietnam and they had mold everywhere and uh it was quite separate. the you had two people in each room and it was separated typically by uh your closets yeah. <laughs> so like depending on how you liked it i know that you shared with who did you share with was it crump no and the name i shall not talk about because i remember um i would just roast the shit out of him but even his name Is he a specialist? yeah yeah he his name leaves my memory, but yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't remember. But anyways, you guys had it set up where your your closets were like on the wall, so like you'd be laying down in your bed and you'd be looking at your closet, so you could still yeah. see each other. Yeah. And I like my roommate shared an off base apartment with one of his friends that he went to basic with, so I didn't really have a roommate. Yeah. Uh, so it's bad for me because I would just blame all of my dirtiness on my roommate that was never there on the other side yeah i feel it dude yeah yeah no man um yeah man i mean like i said with with the barrack stuff and the stories i mean if anything man i mean that's what people want to hear i don't know <laughs> so yeah well once we uh lock this whole thing down i know that um we'll start bringing in the people with uh talking points and all that stuff so yeah well i uh i think this is a good spot to to end today's episode if yeah. uh if you guys think of anything else, you can message us or DM us on all of our socials. We got Twitter underscore views, FTB, Instagram is from the balcony dot podcast, Facebook from the balcony, uh, captivate is from the balcony dot captivate dot FM. So you can find us on all of our socials, but we appreciate you joining in. And if, uh, if you need anything from us, just let us know. Yeah. I, I really think that uh, today was a pretty solid come out, man. I think we had at least 10 people in the, the chat and just kind of listening in. And uh, we do appreciate the questions, um, even if it outlandish. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Just kind of. We'll take, we'll take anything and everything. Like it doesn't have yeah. to be about the military. It can be about <laughs> like, what do you think about photosynthesis? We'll try yeah. to answer it. I don't... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll think, but yeah, thanks for chiming in. We really appreciate the support and the love, and we are really trying to do something here. Um, yeah, 
going forward, we're we're planning on probably doing two live streams a week, and then one where we'll just record a podcast off the stream and push yes. it out. So the eleventh episode, we will have our first guest if you know time and schedule allows it. So we'll get somebody that, on. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, uh, you guys tune in for that, and we appreciate you guys uh, sticking with us, man. And yep. Love you guys. Love you guys.